This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You have reached a phone call from Paul, a literary hub podcast. To hear more, visit lethub.com. Part 1 of Paul Holden Graber's Conversation with Werner Herzog. Uh, yes, hello. Hello, Werner. This is Paul calling. Paul, good morning. Good morning. It's so good to speak to you. How, how are you? I'm fine. I slept well. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of relaxed. I just got my film finished, the one on volcanoes. And I'm reading. Um... Uh, a, a few uh, a, a few questions for you. Do you do you usually sleep well? Yes, I try to sleep long long hours whenever I can because uh, I'm forced to sleep irregularly, sometimes very uh, short hours. But when whenever I can, I sleep in. And you you never suffer really from insomnia. No. Oh, you're so lucky. I feel like I, I, I keep the night company. <laughs> Even in the worst adversity, I can sleep. And if you uh, put me on death row and next morning would be my execution, I probably would sleep until 10 minutes before they do it. Really? Amazing. Tell me, um, the, the, the movie about volca- the volcano, um, I... I I remember, of course, a movie I adore of yours called La Souffrière, which I must have seen many, many years ago and again recently. What, what is this movie and, and how does it at all, if at all, compare with La Souffrière? Um, in fact, uh, there is uh, some footage of La Souffrière in it just to show that volcanoes fascinated me back uh, all the way back to the year 1976, when there was this uh, dramatic crisis uh, on the Caribbean island of Guadalupe. And, and then, uh, 10 years ago, I was on Mount Erebus in Antarctica, which is an active volcano, very high, very active, and one of the three places on this planet where you can actually see the magma of the inner earth exposed. Um, and uh, so all this led me to do a, a film on volcanoes. I met a wonderful uh, volcanologist from uh, Cambridge University. His name is Clive Oppenheimer. And, uh, we just ventured out and we did the film. So La, La Souffrière, of course, I, I couldn't quite remember. It's 40 years ago. So 40 years yes. later, you're, you're revisiting an early passion which probably predated those 40 years themselves. Um, I do not really recall, but La Souffrière, and coming back to your question, uh, was fascinating for me, not so much uh, because of the volcano, 
Of course, there was an imminent danger. It was known it would explode any moment with the force of many uh, atomic bombs, Hiroshima size. But I was fascinated in the human side of it. 75,000 people were evacuated very abruptly within hours. They all fled and were evacuated. But one single poor farmer stayed behind. He, he refused to be evacuated. And I was fascinated about uh, what makes him stay. What is his attitude towards death? Different, certainly, of whatever I have experienced. Uh, and so, in, in a way, the film on volcanoes I did now is very much about the human side. We filmed, for example, in the Vanuatu archipelago, which is a group of islands uh, in the southwestern Pacific, in Melanesia. And uh, people there, the villagers there, developed a new uh, god, a new deity, John Frum. Uh, apparently some sort of a mythical American GI who would return and bring all the goods, all the cargoes of the modern uh, consumer civilization, chewing gum and fridges, and maybe even a Cadillac and a jukebox. <laughs> and and he's, he's considered a god who dwells now in the uh, in the crater itself, which is ferociously boiling and exploding all the time. Uh, and there seems to be a schism in the church now. There are other believers who think that John Frum uh, comes through vines under the Pacific and enters through the volcano as a portal into their world. So it's very, very strange things and we also filmed in North Korea, of all places. We How did you manage to get in there? Through Again, through Clive Oppenheimer, because uh, there is a joint scientific project between the North Korean uh, scientific community and uh, volcanologists and ge geologists of Cambridge University. In fact, there's a, there's a very, very big volcano right at the border with uh, China, which exploded a little more than a thousand years ago, a massive, monumental uh, event. And the volcano, ten years ago, um, uh, issued a, a, a flurry of uh, seismic activity, some tremors. Uh, and uh, now the North Koreans are worried it might reawaken. And they joined up, and it's a completely rare, unprecedented uh, collaboration with a Western scientific institution. Uh, and we were allowed to come along and film the collaboration. But of course, we were allowed much more uh, as a volcano uh, has been considered for millennia. The... Uh, epicenter or the or the birthplace of the Korean nation and the Korean spirit. And the communist North Korea uh, somehow uh, declared the power of the volcano as the epicenter of their communist revolution. And Kim Il-sung, the founding father of communist North Korea, probably very much on purpose built his secret military camp, his headquarters, 
hidden in a forest uh, at the foot of the volcano itself. And today it's some sort of a place of pilgrimage. Thousands of people uh, are visiting the place, and it's actually some very humble little uh, log cabins I, I, in the middle of a forest. I'm, I'm reminded when I asked you the question of how you managed to film in North Korea, I'm reminded of the same kind of uh, way in which you found a key to filming what barely had ever been seen by by human eyes going into the, the cave of Chauvet. Yes, uh, in both cases uh, what helped me is uh, the scientists and the um, Ministry of Culture, for example, in Paris had seen films of mine and they they knew I was there was a, a fire within me to do this film uh, burning uh, more ferociously than in any other contender. And the North Koreans very apparently had seen uh, quite a few of my films, and I established a trust with them. It's it's very strange because you are accompanied uh, by people who would uh, look after what you are doing who would uh, politely tell you you cannot film this or you cannot film that. And at one point I filmed something which uh, I was not allowed to do and I wanted to have it handed over or, dis or deleted. But since we are filming in uh, 4K or 5K or so, very complicated uh, data management, we were unable to delete it. And uh, they wanted to to take the entire uh, memory uh, hard drive. And I said, but it contains uh, two days worth of shooting. That would be terrible. And I said to them, you know what? I can guarantee to you that I'm not going to use this material. And they said, guarantee, what do you mean by that? Uh, you mean in writing or whatever? No, no, I said, just look me in the eye. What I offer is uh, my honor my face and my handshake. And they said, okay, and they trusted me. And I, of course, I'm not gonna use this moment of filming that I was not supposed to film. You know, does this, does this lead quite naturally to, to believe that, that undiluted passion is contagious? Yes, and it doesn't matter whether you're in North Korea or in the Chauvet cave in in southern France. And a handshake and looking someone in the eyes is 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 enough. Is enough. It 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 means that you're you're truthful. When we when we lie, we look away. I don't know whether I, I even looked them in the eye, but I said my 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 honor, my face, and my handshake. As simple as that. I I said it without uh, much passion in my voice, almost casual. Um, you, you know, when you when you speak about doing this new film, which which is called what the the film on 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 uh, volcanoes uh, into the uh, into the inferno. So, is it in any way influenced by anything you have read? Uh, no, um, not really. Uh, it's just a, a fascination. It's the same fascination that you have when you're sitting at a campfire. You can't take your eyes away from the fire, from the flames. I was trying to to 
to recall that that book that I so much loved, which uh, under the volcano. I never read it. You so didn't I read it. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah you I know. I never read it. Um, Werner, you were you were mentioning that I was catching you in the middle of of finishing the film, having had a good night's sleep, and then perhaps most importantly, in some sense, reading. Yes. And I, I read a lot, of course. Now, uh, I, yesterday I read all day long. What did you read all day long yesterday? Well, it's a strange, strange selection of things. Yesterday, almost all day long, uh, Lapham's Quarterly, which I love, and it, it's an issue on time. Un, unbelievably beautiful and, and very deep. And of course, it's a collection of statements about time, uh, including, let's say, St. Augustine or uh, modern scientists or poets. It's just a very, very fine magazine, Lapham's magazine, uh, Lapham's Quarterly, I think. And, and St. Augustine famously said that Yes. What did he say about time? I, I I feel like he said something like, "If I, if, if I knew what it was, I couldn't write it." I'm not not exactly sure. I'm trying to remember what his statement was on time. Do you recall? You speak. You are speaking of whom? Of of Saint Augustine. Oh, it's a longer argument, uh, which which is very beautiful, in fact. Um, I, I do not want to recapitulate okay. everything. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, apart from reading that magazine all of, of of yesterday, which will probably, knowing you, lead you to to explore many of the many of the references and go go deeper, always deeper. Um, what 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 else are you are you reading or uh, rereading? Uh, I just reread uh, Pedro Paramo by Juan Rulfo, the best best piece of literature in, from Latin America. Actually, a Mexican was written. Uh, he wrote the book in I think 1955, and still the best you you have in Mexican literature or in all of uh, Latin American literature. Um, it's only 120 pages short, and Juan Rulfo only wrote another short, small book of a few short stories, El Llano and Llamas, uh, the, the Plains in, 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 in Fire or in Flame. Um, and so that's, that's one thing I wanted to revisit. Sometimes I, I do revisit uh, books that I had read, and, and I'm also started to revisit Strabo geography, Greek antiquity. Yes, you, you, you. It's really crazy how spread out my interests are, and and at the same time I, I'm revisiting uh, some material that a book that Kevin Mitnick has written. Kevin Mitnick is is the most famous of all hackers. He spent uh, something like um, five years in federal prison for hacking. <laughs> and he is in my new film... Um, Lo and Behold. Lo and Behold, and we became friends over this, or cautious friends. And he wrote a phenomenal book. It's called Ghost in the Wires. 
and I'm staying in touch with Kevin Mitnick because there might be a, a film project coming. A film project featuring him? No. No. Not feature. I, I, it's a, if I do a feature film, I'd love to have him as an actor in it. He's a wonderful performer. He's exuberant and has such a quick-witted presence and a presence on screen. You can see it when you watch Low and Behold. Yes, you really, you really can, and I and and I can I can recall recall seeing seeing him in the film. Um, what what prompted what prompted you to do Low and Behold? Because you see, for me, Werner, I think we've spoken about this so many times, your interests are capacious and far-ranging, but in many ways they are the exploration of, of a theme that, that repeats itself again and again and again in the way that um, one might speak of an organized web of obsessions, things that come back and that haunt you, and that you want to explore further and further, so that you 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 may be reading about the Greeks, and at the same time you'll be rereading Siculus, and at the same time you will be rereading the Peregrine, and they all are of a piece in some way. They are made of the same strong cloth. Uh, yes, uh, and as disparate. As it looks at first sight, uh, that it, it somehow has to do with a worldview and uh, an expanding worldview. When I read about time, there are things in there that I had never uh, seen or heard before. Uh, for example, Newton's Newton's arguments about time, very very intelligent, and believing that time was not connected to anything in the natural world. And uh, for centuries, of course, that was a dogma. But Einstein, of course, uh, proved that time is, of course, connected uh, and, and uh, as one body with the space. So if there was no space, there wouldn't be time. Uh, so it's it's some, some sort of expanding my, my fascinations and uh, never learn, never stop to learn somehow. Yes, and and I think I think at at one point we we discussed this very notion that if someone sat down from morning to night for a week and watched all of your films and read all of your books, they they would they would comprehend that it is one grand world view being seen and not as disparate and as haphazard as the the weak critics have have made it out to be no i think no real serious uh, critic has never said that uh, they they notice there's something in common there's something and you see going back to your to your previous un unanswered question what brought me into lo and behold why should i do a film on the internet in fact i was approached uh, by a company netscout which organizes and keeps flowing gigantic streams of data and keeps it free of trouble and hackers and anomalies and so on and i thought first uh, they wanted to have some sort of commercials and i said i feel not comfortable of doing a commercial 
because I don't like the world of consumerism. I do not want to participate. And they, they said, no, 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 it's much more in general, and it should be uh, originally a few short five-minute clips for YouTube. And I'm interested in, in new media like YouTube, you know, my film uh, on texting and driving on YouTube. Yes. It's phenomenal. Uh, resonance and phenomenal practical effects. So I thought, yeah, let me do it. But uh, after two days of shooting, it was clear it had to be a longer film, much more depth, much more expansive. And while you watch the film, you can see how I'm expanding my own knowledge because my knowledge of the internet is very limited. And while you watch the film, you see how I'm, how I'm stretching out my feelers, how I dig into things, how I get more and more and deeper and deeper into a fascination. So that's part of the charm of the film is, is how I just get sucked into it by pure raw curiosity. You know, uh, Werner, uh, someone we know in, in common, Carlo Ginzburg, uh, once said that when he approaches a subject, he approaches it with a euphoria of ignorance. Uh, that's a very beautiful way to say it. And and you see, I'm, I'm really concerning the Internet, and I still am, in a way, some sort of an ignorant, although I'm sure I made the deepest film and the most competent film on the internet that's around anywhere in the world. <laughs> but uh, you see, how can I explain it? There's a worldview uh, that somehow comes uh, into sort of uh, like like strings that are in vibration. You you can feel the the heart vibrating all around, and that's my worldview. And of course, the second element is this uh, ignorance and curiosity, this frenzied curiosity. And I'm somebody who made his first phone call at the age of 17. Yes, I know. And, and trust me, when I, when I asked you if you would take a phone call from Paul, I, I remembered very, very clearly that the phone came into your life late on. And in, in, in some way, um, you, you're part of this world of the internet, and in some way, you're you're resisting it as well. No, I'm not resisting it. Uh, I just uh, look at what is happening worldwide, and and very deep into deep uh, changes in our uh, behavior, society as a society. I mean, practically worldwide. Does it worry you, though? Um, no, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, do you do you do you worry as sometimes I do, though I am a terrible culprit, that the world seems to be walking around with their their neck looking down at a little screen, and that um, doctors now uh, are talking about people having a lot of neck problems. Well, that's the least of worries. <laughs> yes, you're, you, you are right. I filmed, I filmed in a country, North Korea, where there's no telephone contact to the world outside uh, for anyone. I mean, of course, uh, high politicians and the uh, Secret Service, I guess, in some uh, university institutions, they do it. But uh, nobody has a cell phone. 
You see people in the street and nobody talking or looking at a cell phone. And there are no advertisements, nowhere, absolutely zero. It's only, of course, state propaganda, the leaders in, in big uh, portraits and banners uh, across the street where, where you read about uh, the, the progress of uh, communist society and things like that. But uh, it doesn't really worry me that much. We just have to to understand how to use it correctly or with uh, with the necessary filters and 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 balance it isn't isn't that the case yeah, Bal yeah. Ba balance that with with uh, your your invocation to young filmmakers and really to everyone when asked which is read 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 and how do you how do you manage that in in a world where things are so immediately available in in a, in a different form. Yeah, but on the internet you do not do any deep reading. It's not the it's not the instrument for it. Uh, it's it's very good for other things. And uh, um, I have been asked quite often, yeah, do do you find it positive or negative, or is it good or bad? It's a it's a question we shouldn't ask. It's the same thing like uh, electricity. Is electricity good or bad? It's neither. It's just electricity. Right. <laughs> However, when they strap you on the electric chair, it, it, they're just about to throw the switch. Then you may reconsider, recalibrate your attitude about electricity. 